Welcome to the Untold Tales Audio Anthologies. Written by Dr. Jeffrey A. Robinson and narrated by Melissa Del Toro Schaffner. Springtime on Mars. 15th of March, 2150. Mars Colony Terraforming Station 27. Lauren Gray had walked about four miles from the terraforming station when he finally decided to head back. He had collected temperature and humidity readings from the top of the ridge where the lonely habitat sat, all the way down to the bottom of the gully that ran east of the station, all the way to the horizon. He hiked up to the rim of the ravine and looked out across the desolate Martian plain. While it was still barren and bleak, he marveled at how much the terrain had changed since he'd arrived three years before. Back then, the ground had been dry and windblown. The expanse of desert-like terrain had been monotonous and unending. He stooped and chipped at a patch of black ice with his small handpick and carefully placed the sample in one of the remaining empty bottles he'd brought. He put the plastic container back in his pack and logged the location in a small palm-top computer attached to his utility belt. God, it's so different here, he thought. He stood, breathing heavily into his light atmosphere suit, fog alternatively advancing and retreating across his faceplate. He glanced up into the noon sky and stared briefly at the sun, a smaller, dimmer version of the view seen from Earth. Lauren had never regretted leaving Earth. It was just as crowded and too busy back there. The giant multinational companies controlled everything Earthside. There was no real freedom there. Mars and the outer colonies were the only places truly free of their monopolistic industrial control. Even the Sondai Lunar Colony, with its 65 million permanent colonists and millions of regular tourists and transients, was far too much like Earth for his tastes. It had lost its rugged appeal when it had been converted into one giant resort for the rich. As fast as the Sondai Corporation could build new tiny apartments, people eager to flee the overcrowded Earth bought them and emigrated there. Of course, there were only about 100,000 people on Mars, and they were spread over dozens of austere little settlements. There weren't a lot of amenities, but that was the price the Martian colonists had to pay for their individualism and freedom. As a result of all the research grants from Earth-based companies, even the research stations on Titan and Europa had more luxuries than the Mars colonists had. The other colonies were richer, but they were hardly more than company towns, owned and operated by Sondai and the other giant corporations. The terraforming stations here on Mars, on the other hand, were owned and operated by those who manned them. They operated on a shoestring budget and were financed by leasing orbiting space habitats that other entrepreneurs used as jumping off points for asteroid mining operations. Lauren checked his watch and then inspected his oxygen supply to ensure he had plenty of air left for his return trip. Survey 1 to Outpost 27. Do you copy? Lauren said into his throat microphone. We read you loud and clear, Lauren. 
How's it looking out there? Came the reply. More black ice. I'm bringing back samples. The black algae that Mars Central seeded out here is growing a lot faster than we'd thought. I've also verified the ambient temperature is nearly four degrees warmer than last month. At this time of the year, the air here in the southern hemisphere is normally cooling rapidly. Roger, we copy your sensor telemetry. The satellites verify the black algae growing on the ice is decreasing the albedo of the southern temperate regions. The absorption of sunlight has nearly doubled in the past two months. The station watch officer paused and then added, Lauren, you'd better get back to base soon. The next scheduled ice drop is set for three hours from now, and you don't want to be caught out in the open, in case some large fragments make it through the atmosphere. Roger, 27, I'm headed back now. Survey 1, out. Lauren turned and carefully skipped back down the slope he'd just climbed. With the lower Martian gravity, skipping was more efficient than running, and he could manage to bound nearly eight to ten feet between each touch of the ground. At this rate, he could cover the four miles back to the station in less than twenty minutes, without even working up a sweat. Reaching the bottom of the gully, his foot slipped on the ice, and he slid ungracefully on his backside, careening into a large round rock. "'Damn!' he said aloud. He rolled carefully to his side and raised himself on his hands and knees. Looking at the ground, he saw what he slipped on, and stared at it for a second, in shock. Outpost 27, do you copy? This is Survey 1. Do you hear me, 27? Yes, Lauren, what is it now? I had a little accident, guys. I fell down. There was a long silence. Are you hurt, Lauren? Do you need us to send someone out there to assist? No. No, Phyllis. I'm okay. I just thought you'd like to know what I slipped on. Huh? What are you talking about? Water, guys! I slipped in a puddle down here, in a low spot, between the ridges. He paused, awaiting a reply. Did you hear me, guys? I slipped in a puddle of water! There's free water on Mars! No one answered. Lauren slowly stood and looked down at the tiny pool of water that had collected from the melting ice. Guys, did you hear me? I said there's free water out here. Outpost 27 came back online, and there was some shouting in the background. Lauren, are you sure? The ice from the asteroids they've been dropping from orbit isn't supposed to produce free water for another two years at the earliest. The black ice algae that Oberon Genetics engineered is supposed to absorb light and gradually raise the ground temperature, but it's still too cold out there for the ice to melt. Yeah, I'm sure. It's water. It's not much, and it may not be here for long, but it's definitely water. It'll freeze again if the wind picks up, but it's calm right now, and I guess we're having a serious Martian heat wave. Anyway, the water was enough to wet the ice and drop me on my butt. Lauren laughed not sure what more to say. Come on back, Lauren. We've notified Central, and if you're right, they might want to accelerate the seeding program with the next generation of biologicals. The station chief will want to debrief you personally. On my way. Survey one out, said Lauren. He started to ask if he should bring a sample of the water, and then laughed to himself. It would just freeze on the way back. He checked his bearings and took off for the station at a more modest pace. The small ice moons that the Martian fleet of tugboats had been bringing into orbit, decelerating and blowing up as they entered the atmosphere, 
had delivered hundreds of cubic miles of frozen water to the Martian surface in the past decade. For the first time in millions of years, it had snowed on Mars. In the time Lauren had been stationed here, the landscape changed from red to white, and eventually to gray and black. As the special genetically tailored black algae that had been seeded onto the open terrain flourished. The algae that grew in the ice not only raised the ambient temperature by absorbing light, it converted the carbon dioxide Martian atmosphere into oxygen and established the key to a future Martian ecology. Once the temperature increased enough to produce free water, everything would change. Weather patterns would develop, clouds and storms would appear and produce rivers, lakes, and small shallow seas. The frozen dioxide ice at the Martian poles would melt and return to the atmosphere. Then those greenhouse gases would warm the planet even more. When the atmosphere stabilized, a whole new range of organic plants and animals would be introduced that would further alter Mars's environment. Eventually, rugged grasses and insects would be introduced. Finally, a whole new self-sustaining ecosystem would be built. Lauren started working his way up the hill to the outpost. As he trotted along, he smiled and wondered what Mars would be like then. He thought about the fields of green and warm, moist air he could breathe without an environment suit. It would be heaven then. Then he thought some more, and his smile slowly faded. He remembered what had already happened to the moon and began to worry that it might become too much like Earth. It wouldn't be long before the large Earth-based conglomerates moved in and changed everything. In a few years, the place would be worse than the lunar colonies, and Mars would become overcrowded just like the other colonies. He shuddered, imagining people crowded into surface habitats like sardines in a can. As he loped up the hill, he began wondering where he would go when they started building cities here. Maybe he would ask about those sleeper ships they were planning on sending to Procyon and Cygnus. The trip would take more than 50 years, even with the new gravity drives, but all the colonists would be frozen in stasis and sleep the whole way. Smiling to himself, he decided to make a few calls and find out if they were still accepting applications for colonists. With his experience here, he'd be guaranteed a berth. With Earth 50 years away, it would be quite a while before the far colonies were overrun by Earth and its giant industrial companies. He grinned and decided to apply first chance he got. As he reached the station and opened the hatch that led down to the spacious underground quarters of Station 27, a gust of wind stirred and blew in wisps of delicate Martian snow. It's a new season, and we have some new authors and new storylines that will absolutely delight you. And as you know, we absolutely love our listeners, fans, and patrons. If you loved what you heard, consider joining us over on Patreon. That's where all the fun happens. Just visit www.patreon.com forward slash Melissa Del Toro voiceover. If you'd like to read more of the stories in the Untold Tales series, not narrated here on our podcast, you can find Jeff's books on Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle format. 
the links for all of this information are conveniently listed in this episode's show notes. Thank you and have a wonderful day.